Continue on, Jimmy B and TC, 1700 KBGG with you until 6 o'clock tonight. An hour in the book, still one more to go. Jimmy B, so we talked about uh, my weekend, my last Friday night before Black Friday off. Right, yep. Jim, uh, I got a question for you. I was scrolling through Twitter last night, and it seemed like all the, the nerds, the booger pickers were out and about in full force <laughs> last evening. Jim, did you yeah. watch a uh, SummerSlam with your dorky brethren last night? Uh, <laughs> uh, you have to pay for that, uh, so consequently, I did not. Oh, no. okay. All right. Well, I figured you'd find a bar or something that showed it. No, I did. I I just chilled. It was kind of nice for a change. Yeah, I just had a a nice uh, evening at home and and didn't do squat for a change, which is why that won't be the case tonight with ah. football and ba- and baseball on. Yes, uh, we we got a big night coming up this evening. We'll uh, take a peek around the biggest one. Well, it actually aired at four o'clock for the first time, but for people making their way home. Iowa tonight will be on BTN Big Ten Network as the bus tour made its way to Iowa City this morning, did their piece over there. A lot of rain uh, was happening in Iowa City this morning too, Jim, (laughs) and Dave Remsen, he he seemed a little fired up. He, He wanted to go inside into the bubble. He was not pleased about having to sit in the rain. That cracked me up because uh, as you, we were watching a little bit on Twitter and some of the videos uh, coming out of there, and they were talking about, uh, yep, they're running out here. They're running live right now in the rain, and here comes the uh, the Big Ten bus pulling up. Trent, the Big Ten bus ran a stoplight and a stop sign hmm. before they got over by Kinnick Stadium where the practices were taking place. So uh, what does that tell you? That those guys are hot stuff. <laughs> that's good. what it tells you. Nobody wants to get in the way of that bus. I think that's another part no. of it, too. That big old bus rolling through. So uh, Jerry DiNardo had some tweets from earlier today. We talked about a couple of them earlier in the program. Jim, uh, this, one, this one caught my eye. Okay. Three of our stops, Wisconsin, Iowa, and Nebraska. I can't mm-hmm. say I'm buying into the thinking that Wisconsin has separated itself from the other two all that much. West will be wow. wild this year, and we haven't been in Northwestern or Purdue. Jim, we have talked about there is separation there, and I, I still believe, at least for 2018, pretty substantial separation between Wisconsin and everybody else in the West. And it's what they've done, and it's what they return, obviously, this season. But to hear that from Jerry Donardo or read that, from Jerry DiNardo, and I'll listen to his comments tonight. I thought that was very surprising. Throughout the summer, we, we've gone different ways, coming up with different scenarios, how Iowa can beat Wisconsin. Now, it's not a huge stretch. I mean, they beat Michigan and Ohio State the last two seasons at Kinnick Stadium. Right. But, so you don't have to go too far there. But to say that the separation isn't all that much, that was a surprise to me, Jim. What was your takeaway? Uh, my takeaway was that he's not going to say anything that is going to upset the fan base so that people will stu- still tune in to BTN. No, no, that, that's so he not doesn't... this, though. This is completely something different. He didn't have to say this, Jim. He didn't have to say anything like this, oh, okay. and he has in the past. When he sees a program that is a step above, he'll say that. What he is saying, though, 
is that Iowa and Nebraska aren't that far behind Wisconsin. That's what he's saying. He didn't Boy, have I to find say that. Okay, I find that hard to believe because I'm with you. I still think Wisconsin, and just look at the what the uh, the top twenty five uh, voters think of Wisconsin, putting him in at number four. So I, I'm still with you on that. I I think the gap will be closing, particularly for Iowa next year. Yes, but but I still think it's Wisconsin, and then it's uh, you know everybody else in the West after that. What if this is a year where, well, Iowa, the, the first step is Iowa has to get a McKinnick Stadium September 22nd. Everything else is moot if that doesn't happen. Because if, if Wisconsin wins that game, they're not going 5-3 and three the rest of the way. I, I just don't see that. Mm-hmm. Iowa would then have to go, what, 7-2? and two? Yes. It, It's not a realistic scenario. But if Iowa can get that game and put together a 7-2 and two regular season of the Big Ten, have that tiebreaker against Wisconsin, that doesn't seem like a huge stretch to me, but it all starts with September 22nd and what's going to be different. And speaking of differences, here's another one that that I thought very interesting, talking about some possible changes that we'll see. Built around playmakers and the best depth that they've had. Stanley, Fant, good offensive line, improvement at Mm -hmm. wide receiver, three deep at tailgate, could point Mm -hmm. to some new formation and offensive tweaks Jim, this is what you've been asking for in your seven years here in the state. I've been asking for, come on, come on, tweak it up a little bit. Let's have a little fun here. When I saw that from Donardo, I, I almost fell off the chair. I, I really did. I, I Trent, you're the guy who always tells me, oh, you'll see a little wrinkle here and there, but it's still going to be Kirk Ferentz football, and it's really not going to change. Then I see that. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Is, is, is Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, actually going to take some control here and really sort of shake things up a little bit? Look, you and I both know they're not going to run the spread. They're not going to no, do no. anything crazy like that. But we have both stated that we'd like to see a few things that would change a little bit in their offensive schemes. Well, they did that last I, I don't, year. They, they did that last year, Jim. I, I think you have too much remembrance of the Greg Davis offense. It was Ooh, an unmitigated boy. disaster. And even though there was a 12-0 regular season in there, it yeah. didn't work. What he wanted to do with the short passing game coupled with the zone blocking scheme, it was a marriage that was never going to work. You look at the way the offense ran in the years previous to Greg Davis under Ken O'Keefe. You saw that come back last season. Now what more wrinkles are you going to add to it? Now, I was gone five receiver before. They, they've done different things like that. But if you think they're going to run the oop-de-oop and they're going to try to run 110 plays per game, that's not <laughs> no. the way that they're built. No. And frankly, they wouldn't be good doing that. So don't hope that they go in that direction. But continue to modernize it. And the one thing that I hope beyond hope, and this goes back to well, the big game, September 22nd with Wisconsin coming to town, is Iowa has struggled so much against that 3-4. And the 3-4 with yes, the linebackers, slanting through, coming in at different angles. It hasn't worked with what Iowa does with their zone-blocking scheme. You know, Iowa last year was able to move the the football effectively last year against them on first down. The problem was they'd be second and five, and they'd play call a stupid pass play and get sacked, and then they're looking at third long, and there was no chance against that Wisconsin defense. Stick with what you are, but more importantly, change it up from time to time. We see a counterplay. 
I don't know, every other year it feels like. I know it's a little bit more than that. But run some counters. Try to slow down that pass rush that they're able to generate and those linebackers slanting in. And from time to time, don't just go with zone blocking schemes all the time, but go man up. Go and find a guy. Go with the traditional blocking schemes that we're used to. I'm not saying completely throw out what you're doing, but continue to be adventurous, advantageous to what you can do. Teams have been able to move the football against Wisconsin. It's tough. Even the best offenses struggle against Wisconsin. Correct. But Iowa has been even worse. And that's something that I think Brian Ferentz realizes, understands. And that trip to New England that he had this summer, Jimmy B, Mm -hmm. going there. Yep. You know what we see time in and time out. And this leads to, did you see Akram Wadley yesterday tweeted a a touchdown play by Amir Smith-Marset? I did not see that. I missed that one. It was uh, it was just a simple rubber. It was the coach's film from up above, and I'm going to guess with it oh, okay. that Akron Wadley will never again be given that since he tweeted it out for everybody to see. <laughs> and I'm sure Kirk and company were none too pleased about that. But it was a very New England Patriots kind of play. It was a rub, rub route across the middle. One guy going one way, crossing route back the other. Smith-Marset got a little bit of separation from the inside corner guy that was guarding him. It was off to the races, did a flip into the end zone. Those little things. It's not going to be a huge evolution, revolution of what they do offensively, but wrinkles, Jimmy B. You saw step one of the wrinkles last year. I believe Mm -hmm. you're going to see more of those steps this season. Well, look, I I hope you're correct because I have faith in Nate Stanley. I really do after what I saw last season. And that's why I'm... I'm I'm interested to see if they tweak this system up a little bit to let him do what he is capable of doing, Trent, and that's moving the football around a little bit. So I I hope it's the case. Look, I know they're never going to change their offensive philosophy, but I would just like to see some tweaks here and there just to make it maybe even a more entertaining fashion of offense. That's all. Entertaining putting 55 on the board against Ohio State. Entertaining scoring 44 against Iowa State. Not so entertaining, though, when you're having 50 yards of total offense against Wisconsin. That's that's, that's right. (laughs) Get through those inconsistencies, smooth that out just a little bit, and you're going to be in good shape. We're going to take an early break here this hour. we got some NFL talk coming up as we wrap up week two of the preseason tonight with the Colts and the Ravens. Our first look at Andrew Luck. We'll get into that and a whole lot more with Andrew Garda, From Pro Football Weekly, he joins us coming up on the other side, talking Vikings, Chiefs, Bears, Packers, and more next on Jimmy B and TC. Now, listen to 1700 KBGG on Alexa. Say, Alexa, enable the 1700 KBGG skill. Then to play us, say, Alexa, play 1700 KBGG. Simple enough. The Rookie is Central Iowa's leader in sports cards, collectibles, supplies, and memorabilia. The Rookie has a large selection of vintage and modern-day sports cards for brands such as Topps, Upper Deck, and Panini. Whether you're starting a new collection or building your own, The Rookie has all your needs from football, basketball, baseball, hockey, UFC, and more. It's time to collect. Stop by The Rookie, 9992 Swanson Boulevard, right across from the Willis Auto Campus. And online at TheRookieSportsCards.com. Sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Headed to Firestone Complete Auto Care to get $70 off per axle on a standard brake service. Whatever you drive, drive a Firestone. Coupon required, restrictions, and exclusions apply. Details at DriveAFirestone.com. 
Looks like we have another contestant for Russian Rufa Roulette. Place your bet. Choose from unmet expectations, we overpromise and underdeliver, or we'll carelessly drag our ladder over your daffodils. Let's log on to Google and play. I'm Ryan Johnson, owner of Right Roofing. Before you play Russian Roofer Roulette, give us a call. Right Roofing is one of the only local roofers with a 50-year warranty on both the shingles and the labor. So you know that when we roof it, we'll roof it once and we'll roof it right. For a warranty on materials and labor that's five times longer than most companies, call Right Roofing at 515-729-0770, where we say you choose the color, we'll handle the rest. That's 729-0770, or find us online at rightroofing.com. That's rightroofing.com with an R. Roof it once, roof it right, right roofing. Touchdown! Don't miss out on tailgates and touchdowns because your cars broke down. Instead, call an Audible by calling Absolute Auto Repair, where we offer free loaner cars while yours is in the shop. At Absolute Auto Repair in Irvingdale, we get that when your car breaks down, your life is interrupted. That's why we offer loaner cars to keep your busy life moving. Absolute Auto Repair in Irvingdale on Hickman Road near Cobblestone Theater. Google Absolute Auto Repair Irvingdale. Absolute Auto Repair is a proud supporter of high school football. Touchdown, Absolute Auto Repair. Walkers, families, friends, and supporters will gather at Principal Park on October 6th for the Des Moines Walk to Defeat ALS, where they will celebrate their support and help raise awareness of the disease. ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. Eventually, people with ALS will lose the ability to initiate and control muscle movement, which often leads to total paralysis and death within two to five years of diagnosis. For reasons unknown, veterans are twice as likely to develop ALS. To join our fight of ending ALS, visit walktodefeatals.org. Guys, are you ready to begin your journey to live life better? Are you feeling tired and worn down or looking to improve performance and drive in the bedroom? Looking to burn fat and gain muscle? Then it's time to contact New Leaf Wellness. New Leaf Wellness offers a free, no-obligation consultation. Dr. Robert Seaman and the New Leaf staff will help craft a plan dedicated to you. From testosterone replacement therapy, advanced weight loss, to nutritional therapy, New Leaf Wellness strives to find the plan that will improve your quality of life. Dr. Robert Seaman and New Leaf Wellness. Give them a call today at 515-650-1358. Again, 515-650-1358 for New Leaf Wellness. One more time, 515-650-1358. It's time to live life better with New Leaf Wellness. Call 515-650-1358. That's 515-650-1358. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty is a full-service residential realtor serving all of Central Iowa. She specializes in new construction, relocation, acreages, single-family, and condo townhouse sales. Stephanie Goodhue, a buyer's agent and a seller's agent, along with a member of the National Association of Realtors and the Des Moines Area Association of Realtors. Let Stephanie provide a free market analysis if you're considering selling your home. Stephanie Goodhue of Iowa Realty. She will lead you home. This year, it's our year. No, no, no. This year, it's my team. Yeah, this is the year. This season, everyone is going to know where I'm tailgating. My team, my colors, my flag. Hello, 
it's why I fly the flag. This is the year you fly the colors of your favorite team. And you'll find those colors at Heartland Flagpoles and Flags. The largest selection of team flags anywhere. Every team, every sport, every flag. Almost. Buy online and get free shipping. Heartlandflags.com. At Wolf Construction, we do many large construction projects across the Midwest, but we started as a roofing company and we're still a roofing company today. At Wolf Construction, we believe in honest work, a fair price, and work we stand behind, and our 10-year workmanship warranty proves it. We know roofing. With our one-day get-it-done approach, we're known as a roofing machine. Call Wolf Construction for a free estimate at 515-225-8866 or visit us on the web at wolfconstruction.net. At Wolf Construction, we take your roof personally. Real sports talk for real sports fans. It's Jimmy B and TC. Here's Jim and Trent. Welcome back, everybody. We continue here on a Monday here on the Big Talker 1700. Andrew Garda, you've heard him on the program before. Pro Football Weekly. We're going to dive in and do some NFL talk with him right now. Andrew, good afternoon to you. And let's start first, if you don't mind, with the signing today of Adrian Peterson as a running back with the Washington Redskins. And all of the injuries that they have had, Adrian Peterson gets a one-year deal. Your thoughts? Well, it's interesting. I think you look at Peterson, and, and you know, let's be honest, I don't know that we really know exactly what this guy has left in the tank. I don't know that we got a great sense of what he could do still in New Orleans. But to me, they could have brought in like a camp body, like an Orleans Darqua or something, you know, like that. I, I had heard they were interested in Darqua. Bringing in Peterson to me says that they're looking for a guy who could potentially carry a chunk of the load. Um, that means that they're concerned about the position. Uh, you know, to me, I, like Chris Thompson, their third down back, he's got that role locked down, so they need someone who's going to be able to carry the ball uh, on a more consistent basis. And, you know, Injuries to Breen, injuries to Kelly, injuries to everyone. <laughs> like uh, they're going to see what Peterson has, and it, it's you know it, even if we see him in the next two preseason games, we're not really going to see a lot of what he's capable of because he's not going to know the playbook. I mean, you know, he, everybody knows like you know dive right, dive left, but a little more intricate than that. So I think it. It's an interesting signing. I don't really know how much Peterson has left in the tank, so I don't know how like productive he's going to be but you know I, they were going to go a little bit running back by committee from the moment that Darius guys went with at least two ways and uh Peterson should have a significant role you know i i know andrew you uh you're a fantasy guy too the injury to Darius Geis. Boy, that stung. I, I was so excited to see what he could do yep. uh, with Gruden uh, manning the ship there offensively. Yeah, and on everything you heard, the knock on him or the explanation we heard about him dropping was off-the-field stuff and, you know, bad impression during meetings, stuff like that. And everything you heard from the moment he landed in Washington, <laughs> the moment he would arrived in D.C., this guy did everything right, so it seemed very much like the entire. And I really wanted to see what he could do because, on film, Geis is an explosive, exciting back. So I, I really felt like, hey, this is a big piece of what Washington can do this year. And seeing him go down, I mean, yeah, it hurts on a fantasy level <laughs> because he's a guy that I definitely <laughs> picked up in a lot of rookie drafts. But 
you know, just from an NFL fan, I, I like to see, you know, guys like that get their shot, and and it, it would have brought a really exciting aspect to this offense that, I mean, even Adrian Peterson, you know, given his age, even if he's as good as he's going to get, even with Chris Thompson, even with, you know, the healthy uh, Samaji Perrine or, you know, Capri Bibbs or Rob Kelly, like, it, you're not going to see the same offense you would have with Geis, and that's really disappointing. Andrew Gard is our guest on the Big Talker 1700. We're talking NFL. Let's go to the uh, area teams then. And I want to start with the Kansas City Chiefs. And now we've seen Patrick Mahomes a couple of times. The third NFL exhibition game is generally at least the first half a dress rehearsal. What have you seen so far from Mahomes? And do you have concerns for the Chiefs? Or are you now starting to get more comfortable with Mahomes as the starting QB? Well, I mean, here's the thing about Mahomes. You know, when people aren't kidding, when they were like, hey, he's Brett Favre, you know, from the standpoint of he's a gunslinger. You know, he's going to make some ridiculous plays that you're just going to sit there and go, holy cow, did I just see what I just saw? And then he's going to make some other plays where you look at him and go, holy cow, did I just see what I saw? Like, <laughs> he's going to make some really great plays, and he's going to make some huge mistakes. And that's just who he is. Um, and I feel like so far he he's shown us, more of the of the good stuff than the bad stuff, and you know, it, it, to me, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, I'm excited to see. Uh, you know, it, it almost feels like you see guys like Tyreek Hill. I was like, is Tyreek Hill going to be a guy who's going to, you know, fade a little bit? You know, as as Mahomes struggles, you know, is Sammy Watkins really going to find his feet with a with you know a, a really still in his first year quarterback? And like you look at all this stuff, and from what I've seen, Mahomes. I'm not worried about that. You know, I mean, Watkins needs to get healthy and stay healthy. I mean, that guy hasn't been healthy for, I mean, ever. So, you know, I, but I, I think, like, Hill, Travis Kelsey, like all of these offensive players have nothing to worry about. I feel like Mahomes is going to make his share of mistakes because he's a young quarterback and because he likes to take risks. But I'm excited to see what Mahomes does. And, like, and the difference really, like, I liked what I saw in the first game for the most part. I feel much even more comfortable now that I've seen him twice. And, you know, the difference to me, you look at that AFC West, I mean, who's running away with that division? I, I Between you, me, and the wall and, you know, your, your millions of listeners, I think Oakland's going to be a train wreck with John Gruden. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, you never know what they're going to do. And Denver, I mean, you just never quite know if their quarterback situation is going to be settled and – you know, if the offensive line is going to hold up. So there's room for the Chiefs to make a run, and I feel even better about them now than I did last week. So in conjunction with the conversation here about Kansas City, they lost Sorensen with a knee injury. Best-case scenario, he's going to be back by maybe week four of the regular season. You have Eric Berry back there working his way back from Achilles. He's been out for a while. What is he going to be when he's out there? Yesterday, Cincinnati released a veteran safety, George Aloka, would that be a possible marriage there? Kansas City needing safety help and a guy that started in the league for a long time in Aloka? I, I think he'd be someone they definitely want to kick the tires on. I mean, a lot of people were shocked by the and I was shocked that yeah. the Bengals let him go. But that was, I think, more than anything else, a financial move. And I think that just there are teams, the Chiefs are one of them, who would really benefit by the fact that this guy is suddenly around. And I think you bring him in. And, yeah, you have a situation where you've got Barry who's trying to work his way back. Sorensen's hurt. I 
uh, Iloka is only going to improve the safety core and help that help that secondary. And you know, and that that secondary is a bit of a question mark. So I, I think they should kick the tires on them. I think they should you know really sit down, have them in, work them out the whole nine yards. And I don't see any reason unless there's something going on that he hasn't said about and that he hasn't said about. I see no reason why the Chiefs wouldn't bring him in and sign him to a contract. Interesting. Okay, take me up north then to the Minnesota Vikings, and they've had a couple injuries. They released their kicker. Uh, how comfortable are you right now with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins is what you've seen so far? You know, Cousins has looked pretty good. I'm never 100% sold on Cousins, so... I'm always going to feel a little bit hesitant, and, you know, if something happens to Cousins or if he doesn't pan out, I mean, you look at Kyle Slaughter and Trevor Simeon behind him, and then I don't think anybody feels good about that. So it's kind of all in on Cousins. Um, I, I think so far he's looked okay, and uh, and I think maybe the hiccups that he's had that I've seen come the, come from the fact that even if he's been there for a little while now, he signed his contract, he's worked with Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, all those guys, there's still going to be some chemistry issues. You're still going to be working on knocking all the kinks out of your overall offense. So I'm not that worried about it. Um, and I think Dalvin Cook looks like he's more than healthy. He's more than ready to be back. Latavius Murray is a great pairing back with Cook. So you've got a great backfield. The offensive line is pretty good. Um, you know, and the defense is fantastic. So, I feel pretty good about the Vikings. Uh, you know, it. I feel like maybe Cousins is going to have a couple more of those hiccups between now and maybe a couple weeks into the season. But you've got so much talent on that offense around him. You've got a a great set of wide receivers. Uh, Kyle Rudolph is a, a really good tight end. I, there's just so many weapons here. Dalvin Cook, Latavius Murray. I mentioned both of them. I feel like he's got so many weapons, and it's it's such a better scenario around him than he had with Washington, which would have some pieces, but it never seemed like they had everything together. To me, the Vikings feel like they have pretty much everything together, so uh, I, I'm I'm good with the Vikings this year. I think that they, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to fight off uh, a Packers team that's definitely fired up, and, and Aaron Rodgers is healthy, and you're never going to count Green Bay out, but you know, I feel like this division is is Minnesota's to lose right now. How surprised were you they traded up in the fifth round to go get a kicker in Daniel Carlson, the uh, wave that Jimmy B mentioned, as Kai Forbath as cut. Surprised at all by that decision, or could you kind of read the writing on the wall? Uh, I mean, I think you could kind of see that coming. I mean, and, yeah, you moved up for, for Carlson, but it was late enough in the, you know, the day three pick. I think once you get out of the first three rounds, it's very rare for you to get surprised. <laughs> Or you should be surprised, you know. Uh, you know, once you get past there, you're looking for role players and and guys who can do a bunch of different things. And the problem with drafting kickers, period, is they do one thing and one thing only, and that is kick the ball. And if they are not better than whoever else you have there to to kick the ball, you know they're done. Like it's not like some, it's not like Devontae Downs, the 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 middle linebacker they picked up in I think the seventh round. Like, if he could do something on special teams or he can come in, like, every once in a while, you know, great. You know, you can survive cuts because you've got value in multiple different places. If you're Carlson, well, if you can't kick, then you're in some trouble because they don't need a water boy and they probably don't need play-by-play help. 
<laughs> good stuff. Very good stuff. All right, you referenced Green Bay, and you talked a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown pass so far in preseason. Where are you on the pack? Well, I always feel like I get excited when they get a new tight end. And, um, you know, the last couple of years, it hasn't really worked out the way we thought it would. Uh, Marcellus Bennett flashed briefly, and uh, Cook. I mean, it just never really seemed to totally be what they needed. And then you bring in Jimmy Graham, who really, ever since New Orleans sent him off to Seattle, uh, this is a guy who seems to have forgotten how to play tight end in some respects, or at least offenses don't know how to use him. You know, Aaron Rodgers loves a tight end who can not only be a big weapon in the end zone and in the red zone, but also stretch the seam a little bit, and Graham can still do that. So I really like that pairing. You know, I'm trying not to get too excited because I feel like I get let down by some Green Bay Packers tight end almost every year. But Graham looks like it's finally the the piece that they've looked for at the tight end position. And you look at the rest of that team, you have guys like Devontae Adams, if he ever gets healthy, Randall Cobb. I like the wide receivers there. Some of the younger guys still trying to figure out, you know, how to be an NFL wide receiver. But if you look at Adams and a healthy Cobbs, maybe Geronimo Allison, I like the wide receivers there as well. And I think that's going to help Graham because you're not going to be in a situation where uh, the defense can key on him all that much. And he's a big mismatch for for the linebacker core and uh, and for safeties. And I think that's what they're going to match him up at. I like the pairing. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be really happy with him this year. You know, a guy that uh, we might need to get to know a little bit better off the edge is Reggie Gilbert. Had a huge performance in that game Thursday night against Pittsburgh. Two and a half sacks. Is this a guy that can help take some of that pressure off of Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, and the rest of the core on the outside? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like what he brings to the table. I like what I've seen uh, him flash so far. And uh, and as you said, I just had a really good, albeit preseason game, but you know, listen, like Matthews is getting on in years, uh, and I feel really old because I remember covering him when he came out of college. So uh, I really wish he would just be young and not remind me that I'm pushing whatever age I'm not going to tell you. But, I, you know, but Matthews isn't as effective as he was, and Nick Perry has never quite been what they expected him to be. And uh, they need a little bit more pass rush help. And in the, year, in the years past that they've, you know, they've brought in like a Julius Peppers or something to try and secure that a little bit more, and I feel like Gilbert is a guy who now gives them a bit more depth and a bit more ability, and as you said, takes a little bit of the pressure off of the other guys. You know, he's a young player. He's been in for, you know, all of all of two minutes right now. You know, he, he was in Green Bay the entire time, so he knows the overall, uh, you know, scheme of the defense, even though it's sort of a new thing without Dom Capers there, and I also think that I wouldn't be surprised if part of his success right now is in part because they've moved away from the scheme that, uh, that Capers had. So uh, I'm excited to see what Gilbert can do. I think he's got a lot of ability and is a guy who maybe they're going to try and feature a little bit more this year so they can see, hey, Clay Matthews is getting a little bit older. Nick Perry's you know, kind of crawling along here, not, not exactly what we need off the edge. We might be able to lean on if we move on from either of those guys. Trent, I'll uh, let you go for your uh, favorite team in the NFL. Go right ahead, pal. What, the Cleveland Browns? No, no, Hard hard Knocks (laughs) is not taking me quite to that one. Well, the Bears uh, certainly with some news today. Leonard Floyd, after injuring that hand, had surgery. 
hopes to return for week number one. They need him off the edge. They need that speed out there. Your thoughts, though, on the Bears? Uh, they have some weapons now offensively. Garda, take me off the ledge here because I'm starting to get optimistic for once about a Chicago Bears season. This is a bad thing. I, I know this as a Bears fan. You, you, you sound like me in the Packers tight end situation. <laughs> like, we've just been burned so yes. much. Help me out. Um, you know, here's the thing. is Trubisky, uh, I'll say the same thing that I kind of did with Mahomes, which is Trubisky is still a young guy. He's got a lot of talent. He's going to make some big mistakes. But I do think Trubisky has the ability to be a starter in this league and a consistent one at that. Part of the problem last year is he didn't really have any weapons. They bring in Allen Robinson, who's a guy who I think he still has ability. Now, how how much of the ability he had pre-blowing out his knee is you know is a big question mark, and we're really not going to know until this season is done. But I think he was a great addition to this um, offense. I like Anthony Miller an awful lot, so I think he can contribute as well. Taylor Gabriel, uh, we only saw a little bit of, I think, what he's capable of in Atlanta. So he's got a lot of weapons to work with, Trubisky. And then you look at the backfield, and you guys, you got guys like Jordan Howard, uh, Tariq Cohen. I think that he's going to have a nice run game as well. So I, I'm optimistic about the offense. I don't think it's going to be consistently deadly. But I think they're going to surprise some people. Defensively, yeah, pass rush is going to be kind of a problem with them. But I think you're in a situation where this year, as a Bears fan, both of those units are going to take a bit of a step forward. And the good thing about that is that the offense isn't going to have to win everything, which it wouldn't do anyway. But the defense also won't have to always be on the field and bail them out. This is not going to be a situation where – the defense is going to have to hold the opposition to like 14 points because I think the offense is going to be able to put some points on the board. And by the same token, that offense isn't going to come off every three downs so the defense never gets a breather. And I think you're going to see, if, if, if I'm right with that, you're going to see a situation where this team is able to kind of function in a way that it hasn't in the last few years when the defense was either on the field too long or letting up too many points. It's going to be a lot more balanced, and I think the upside is that the Bears, they're not going to challenge for the, for the NFC North this year. It's, not just, it's just not going to happen, not with, not with Green Bay being Green Bay and Minnesota looking as good as it, it is, and Detroit being pretty solid as well. Um, but this is going to be a step-forward season for them, and it's going to be, I think, a nice step forward for Trubisky. And really, at this point, if you can get Robinson, if he's healthy and he can play well, if Kevin White can get healthy finally, if Anthony Miller plays well, if Trubisky can take that step forward, then I'll tell you what, that's nothing but good for Bears fans because you've got to think of this as a marathon and not a sprint. This is not a Super Bowl year for you, but it is a year where you want to see some improvement, and I really feel like we're going to see that from the Bears this year. How do you feel about that, Trent? Are you are you feeling better with what he just said? Well, I'm all over the place, Jim. You know this. It, it's <laughs> optimism makes me a little bit nervous yeah. with my teams, and I I get a little nervous when I, we go down that path. I grew up as a Jets fan, ah. so I understand wholeheartedly oh, yes. because you know ah. I'm watching Sam die. I, I was in the stadium in MetLife, the cheese grater as we call it. Uh, watching Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and going, oh my goodness, and like I'm, just, it yeah. doesn't feel right. Nothing that, that I can't let myself feel good about that yet. So I'm with you. <laughs> I understand. We have a support group. I will send you a T-shirt. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. Looking forward to that. Andrew Garda, Pro Football Weekly, as always, great conversation. Thank you so much for your time today, Andrew. No problem. Have a good one, guys.
That is Andrew Garda joining us here. Great stuff out of him, Jim. Is we get ready for week number three, and Jim, this is well. Yeah. We got one more game though tonight. Another yeah. one yeah, this evening a, coming up. Yeah, we get a chance to see luck. That ought to be fun. <laughs> I'm real curious. I'm real curious to see you know how he looks, Trent. Uh, you know, after not playing at all last year, and. Just the opportunity just to have him back on the field and watch him throw. Look, I, I still don't think that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be uh, that big a factor in that division. Um, but I, I, I think that, obviously, uh, if Andrew Luck is healthy, and I, I think they're going to win games, I like Jacksonville in that division and Houston in that division. But, look, they play Baltimore tonight. Speaking of which, how much Lamar Jackson do you think we'll see for the Ravens? Or do you think we're going to get uh, more Flacco than Jackson? Well, I think we'll see more Jackson. It just won't be with the starters. I'm sure it'll be Flacco okay. You know, for the first three, four series. And then after that, it'll be Jackson for second into the third quarter. I'm sure that's what you're going to see. That seems to be the play. But, yeah, good Monday night game tonight. A little baseball. Well, we'll take a break here. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up next year. Put a cap on things. Back with more, Jimmy B and TC. All right, back with you one final time. It's Jimmy B and TC here, 1700 KBGG. Jim, tonight we uh, we talked about it last segment as we were talking NFL with Andrew mm-hmm. Garda. We get Monday Night Football tonight. And uh, I want you to use a discerning ear. Now, are you are you home tonight or are you going to be at the bar first? We, we got to get that out of the way. Uh, I will probably be having dinner, and that way I can watch about three games all at the same time. I know. I, I, I don't. I, I'm good with the. I'm good with the remote. I can go back and forth and not miss much. But this is this is much better when they're all in front of you at the same time. Okay. Well, I was going to ask you to use a discerning ear as a longtime play-by-play guy of the broadcast okay. today. I'm going to guess wherever you go to dinner tonight. They're not going to have the volume up on a preseason game. I'm just going to guess. No, no. You want me to listen to? Uh, is is Tessator doing it this evening? I, I believe. Yeah, Monday I believe it'll crew? be the Monday night crew. We got to see him Thursday, okay. their second yeah. time. Witten, Booger, yeah. Woof, yeah, and Joe Tess trying to lead them along. But well, if you have an opportunity, use use that discerning ear that you have, Jimmy B. Okay. Give it a listen. Okay. Maybe duck okay. off before the second seven and seven tonight, so you can get home and give it a little listen. <laughs> All right, I promise I'll do that as well. But I will be dialed into the NFL game. But Trent, there are some terrific Major League Baseball games tonight too. I yeah. mean, I'm 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 not going to turn away from Cleveland, Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm waiting for those teams to match up. They start a four game series at Fenway tonight uh, in Beantown. Going to be watching that one. That one certainly at the forefront. The Cardinals are out on the left coast taking on the Dodgers, so some late-night viewing. I know you're excited about that one, Jimmy B. You love your late-night baseball. After uh, the dust has settled and people are clearing out of the bar, you can... You can get the TV to yourself on that I one. Can, I, I, I get it to myself, and I'm also going to make sure I watch some of Houston-Seattle, too. Yes, uh, Oakland over the weekend. I ended up watching quite a bit yeah. of that series and until yesterday. In fact, Oakland had some opportunities, uh, middle innings, before the Astros pulled away. But it felt like a foregone conclusion that Houston was going to run away and hide. Now Seattle, King Felix back on the bump after an injury to the rotation, and uh, he's back out there after being demoted for one single game. 
down to the bullpen <laughs> against Garrett Cole, who's been outstanding all season long. Brewers, Reds, and, and keep an eye on that, not just because Milwaukee obviously trying to fight their way back there to try to catch the Cubs, but you know, Cincinnati, since they made the firing of their manager, they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Since Price has been yeah. fired, they've been pretty pretty solid. And I also did some research, too, on St. Louis since uh, Matheny was fired. They have caught fire as well, and the St. Louis uh, is, is playing extremely good baseball uh, since that took place, Trent. That's why they're able to hang around with, with the Cubs. You know, one other game that I personally will be keeping an eye on tonight is my Twins, and not because I, I'm of a belief that they're going to get back into the race or anything ridiculous like that, but a young guy that has been talked about in, in Twins prospect circles for a long time is going to get his first career start tonight. Steven Gonsalves, uh, left-hander, not overpowering by any means, but a real good prospect. He'll be making his first start, so I'll be watching that one, and I'm going to guess you won't see a pitch of that one tonight. So I'll, I'll keep you up to date, all right, Jim? Oh, I appreciate that. I don't think that's on my main viewing menu no, this no. evening, the uh, Twins and White Sox. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, you, you've got your wish, wish, Jimmy B, as we look at the standings going into tonight and the action. The Orioles are now 50 and a half games behind the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? I, I, I know I said that, and I said that they would be f- over 50 games back. The, the Red Sox are just smoking hot. Absolutely smoking hot, and it's it's unbelievable what they have been able to accomplish, uh, especially with the Yankees, who have won 78 games, but yet they're nine and a half games behind the Boston Red Sox, winners of 88 games already in the American League East. It's uh, it, it's an unbelievable season for Boston, and. I don't know how it's going to tail off here for them. I mean, do does Cleveland come in and, you know, have success at Fenway? I mean, they could. I mean, Cleveland's more than good enough to do that. But the Red Sox, pretty much, partner, have just been rolling everybody. That they have. But the biggest of tonight, Jimmy B, has nothing to do with the Monday Night Football game, has nothing to do with Major League Baseball. The biggest of tonight is Big Ten Network, 8 o'clock with the Hawkeyes and the open practice. It's it's a right August every year, Jimmy B, when we see the bus tour and they make their stop in Iowa City. Now, when you're watching this tonight, you can't yes. overreact to what Dave Revson and Howard Griffin and Jerry DiNardo, what they say, because they're going to put praise on everybody. From Ohio yes. State down to Rutgers, yep. they're yep. going to put a positive spin on things. But if you listen close enough, if you pay enough attention you can find what they're going for, what they're looking for, and what they're saying. They're not going to come out and say, you know what, Iowa sucks at the linebacker spot. You know, <laughs> yeah. th- th- that's the worst, worst group of uh, offensive linemen I've seen in, in my decade. They're not going to say things like that. No. You have to listen a little bit closer, and if you do that, you can pull away some pretty good nug- nuggets, Jim. I'm with you on that, and look, it's always fun. I've, I've watched uh, all of the other places that they have been. You always do that. And it's funny because when you do that, Trent, they all kind of seem to look alike. They all kind of run together uh, with what they say, and their talking points are very similar as well. The places change and the names change, but the talking points are all still pretty similar. Like, it's going to be an absolutely fantastic Big Ten football season. Well, yes, 
We all think it is because of the teams that are in there. And there are some top players to watch and top teams to watch. And so I never get too excited when the the Big Ten uh, parade starts heading uh, around and goes to different schools. But you're absolutely correct, Trent. That is their job. Their job is to go in and heap praise on just about everybody. They're not going to say, well... Rutgers will be lucky to win a Big Ten game this year. They're not going to say that, even though it would probably be close to the truth. Chris Ash has got them headed in the right direction. Maybe. He does. Maybe. He, yeah. Maybe. I think so. It's a I difficult, so. difficult job, no doubt. Yeah, it hey, is. One final thing before we get out of here. We talked a, a little bit about some of the tweets from DiNardo and from Remsen earlier in the program. You can always check that out over on our podcast page. Just search Jimmy B and TC or go to 1700 and uh, find the link over there. But, Jim, uh, the AP poll came out today. Mm-hmm. No yep. surprise at the top. You got your Bama. You got your Clemson. Did you see Wisconsin, though, got a number one vote? They did, and they are ranked number four. Uh, in the uh, preseason poll by the Associated Press. Look, I I think sometimes, and you and I have talked about this a a lot, I think sometimes because we were right in the heart of Big Ten country that we sort of perceive things a little differently, where the national media is taking in other factors maybe that we don't necessarily factor in. And they think that Wisconsin's got a chance to, I mean, I saw a couple of uh, uh, analysts pick Wisconsin to win it all. I mean, win it all over Alabama, over Clemson. So uh, I I know they're going to be good, Trent. I I know they're going to be a powerhouse team. What I also know is what you point out all the time. Their schedule in conference play is extremely difficult, extremely difficult. And if... I guess if they if they make it through that schedule, then you're going to just have to tip your hat and say, okay, man, you guys were right. Well, and the good thing from that vantage point to get in the college football playoff, a year ago, Wisconsin had to run the table. They had to go yeah. 12-0 in the regular season and win the Big Ten title date game to get in. But because of the schedule this year, road trips to Iowa, to Michigan, to Northwestern, to Penn State, you couple that with what they have the rest of the schedule because of that, you know, if they're eleven and one and then win that Big Ten title game, they're gonna get in. They're gonna get into the college football playoff at twelve and one. That is a difference this year. But to think that they're going to win the national title, Jim, I continue to maintain the difference between the haves and the have nots in college football. Mm-hmm. Getting the college football can happen. We saw Washington do it a couple years ago. We've seen Michigan yep. State there. You can do that, but to win the whole thing I don't think that's realistic for Wisconsin. If Scott Frost gets Nebraska up and running at a high level, I don't think it's an expectation reasonably for them to win the college football playoff. Same thing for Iowa. They have a magical year. Getting there, that's the realistic end point. Winning the whole thing, that number one vote left a, a little something to be desired. Hopefully we didn't leave anything to be desired here with you today. We'll be back at it tomorrow starting at noon. Myself and Ken Miller talking the world of sports with you and then on your drive home from 4 until 6 o'clock, it's Jimmy B and TC. Enjoy the Monday Night Football. Enjoy BTN tonight and all of the baseball. We'll be back with you tomorrow here on 1700 KBGG.